0: this episode
1: is that you can say I get to instead of I have to. He said for example I get to go to school and then with that he closed the door and (laughs) kind of left me with my jaw on the floor. It's just a fantastic
0: example of something tiny that can have a big impact. They're like raindrops they're
1: falling all around us. Um, What it feels like not to get attention you can really feel that's like not being heard You, you know and you can really feel that's like and you can also Everyone knows what it's like to be too busy and being interrupted. Find the story first and, and worry about all the marketing later.
0: Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hey everybody, I'm Mark Shank, and with me for this very auspicious occasion is Rob Grundle. Hi Rob.
1: Hi Mark. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, what's the occasion that we're celebrating?
0: Oh, 150 episodes of, anecdotally speaking. I mean, yeah,
1: that's something worth bringing out the confetti cannons for. How good is that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and it, it's gone by in a flash. It really has, and uh, it's great to have you uh, on the on the podcast for this uh, milestone episode. Sean is not available, so I'm in the host chair, and uh, Rob, we're we're going to have a special episode today, and built off the little story that you told in the team meeting uh, yesterday and the the episode is in praise of small stories and it was oh, triggered by that. by what you said yesterday. So, mate, uh, shall I just throw it to you and you can tell us what happened in the Grundle household yesterday?
1: Yes, perfect. Uh, so, um, yesterday morning, it was, uh, you know, a usual breakfast. I've got two boys, uh, Finn and Tommy, uh, eight and ten, you know, we're having breakfast, and we're all around the the kitchen bench, and all these kinds of things. And the night before, I'd read this thing about this thing that uh, the family therapist Virginia Sater, had said that you need four hugs for survival, eight hugs for maintenance, and twelve hugs for growth. And so, you know, as all the kids as the kids are getting ready to go to school, I tell them this. You know, we need twelve hugs for growth. Um, so you know, let's get started. Let's get a few hugs in early. And so, you know, I think Tommy hugs me, you know, a bunch of times. One, two, three. Uh, Finn gives me a hug. Uh, Finn's a 10-year-old and um, you know they get their bags and Finn's going out the door and he's got a skateboard under his arm. And he said, you know, dad, something else for growth is that you can say, I get to instead of I have to. He said, for example, I get to go to school. And then with that, he closed the door and <laughs> kind of left me with my jaw on the floor, kind of going, wow, what a profundity. <laughs> and then for the rest of the day, yeah, that's pretty profound um, for a 10-year-old. Totally. And for the rest of the day, um, it, it was all I could think about. Um, you know, I had a few things with work that I, I was struggling with and um, every time I hit those hard things, I'm like, oh, I get to do this. So, yeah, that moment had a huge impact on me.
0: And as you know, as I shared with, uh, with, with the, the team in the call, had a big impact on me as well because I'm in the middle of a, a pretty grueling uh, month-long road trip. Uh, in the in the US. And, you know, I'm currently in Manhattan, New York, and uh, it's, you know, it's two and a half weeks in, I've only got 12 or 13 days left to go. And it's been a bit of a struggle. And when you said that, I, I was like, wow, I get to be in Manhattan. And it totally changed my outlook on the day. So uh, it's a great example of how, well, you know, of how a, a tiny little thing, a tiny little story about Finn standing in the doorway and saying that can have such a big impact.
1: Totally. I think what's also been interesting is um, now how that story is perpetuating in our family as well. So at the end of the day, um, so I told that story right at the team meeting, and at the end of the day, Finn had a haircut at the local barber, and we were sitting there. And I said, Oh, I, I told that, um, I told the thing that you said, you know about um, getting to and not having to at the, at the team meeting. And I said, you know, it was, people really liked it. And um, Finn didn't say much about it at the time. But then this morning, um, you know, we're again, we're at the breakfast table and uh, Finn's having his breakfast. He looks at me and he says, oh, what do you, uh, what, what are you going to do? Oh, he stops himself. Oh, what do you get to do today?
0: <laughs> and then I said,
1: I said, oh, I, I get to do a podcast. I said, what do you get to do today? And he said, "Well, today I get to present to the school, um, which may not sound like much, but last Friday Finn was in complete tears um, about uh, having having to do this presentation today. He was so stressed about it, and uh, was you know seeing that kind of uh, perspective switch and how that actually helped him as well. So it's you know it's interesting how the continuing of the telling of the story actually um, does something." Um, longer term as well you know
0: yeah and everybody who's listening to the podcast to this episode can appreciate why watch what rob just shared triggered the topic uh, for today's episode which is in praise of small stories and it's just a fantastic example of something tiny that can have a big impact and importantly it can go into everyone's story bank everyone can use that story to change people's mindset around, you know, oh, I have to do this versus uh, I get to do this. And uh, it's, for me, it's a real important reminder that we often walk past or not walk past, but we, we let these small but poignant moments go through to the keeper, mm. where we, we just don't capture them. I think of it as I, I have this, this little metaphor, this picture in my brain that stories, events, you know, these little things, they're like raindrops, they're falling all around us. But if you don't do something to notice them and capture them, then they just, you know, they just run down the gutter and into the drain, and are gone. So you need a way of noticing them and and, and a little container. Um, Of course, we all have story banks, but um, we miss so many opportunities with these little stories.
1: Yeah, and I think I love what you said there. Like they're like raindrops, and you have to notice them. And I think perhaps they're sometimes noticed, but they're not valued. Right? You think, oh, it's just mm-hmm. a small little thing. Um, you know, uh, what 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 could I possibly do that? What what how could I possibly use that? I think you know. Often we seldom appreciate the value of the experiences that we have, especially the small ones. Do you have any other um, examples, yes. Mark, of small stories?
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, uh, 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 there's a bunch. In fact, I just typed into my into my story bank. Little things, uh, little things having a big, or little things making a big difference. And there's a bunch. So one of my favourites, um, 2014, um, in Melbourne, Australia, the CEO of National Australia Bank, which one of Australia's big four banks, uh, newly appointed CEO. He's done his. Hundred day due diligence, developed his new strategy, and he steps on stage to launch the new strategy to the organization. And there's thousands of people physically present and tens of thousands uh, attending via webinar. And his name's Andrew Thorburn, and he talked about the strategy and a range of things. And he also reinforced some of the values of the bank. And one of them was leading by example. And he did this. Tiny little thing where he said, you know, one of our values is leading by example, and I'd really like this to be a focus for everybody over the next few years. And one of the reasons for this is that just three weeks ago, I was teaching my son to drive. You know, his license test is coming up, and I, I want him to do well. We're driving down the road, and he changed lanes without indicating, or he only indicated briefly. So I said, look, pull over. And I turned to him, and I calmly... Explained every time you change lanes, every time you turn a corner, you need to indicate for at least three seconds it's the law, you have to do it every single time. And my son turned to me and he looked at me and he kind of laughed and he said, Oh, come on, dad, you never do that. (laughs) And it was in that moment I realized (laughs) that it's so much easier to say this stuff than it is to do it. And that's why leading by example is something I want every leader in National Australia Bank to focus on in the next few years. Right. How long do you think that story was, Rob? Uh,
1: maybe just over a minute. Maybe.
0: Mm, I would have said maybe 40 or 50 seconds, but anyway, yeah, it's, exactly. tiny, it's tiny. Tiny little thing, but, but I mean, it has a big impact. Uh, I heard you kind of laugh uh, at that yeah. moment when the sun turns. <laughs> yeah. And we, we did a lot of work with uh, National Australia Bank over the years, and uh, in every program that we ran, we would ask people, was anyone at the strategy launch in 2014? And you know, people would say yes. And I would say, what do you remember? And every single person who was there remembered him telling that story about his teaching his son to drive and the importance of leading by example. Yep. All off the back of that tiny little 40, 50, 60 second uh, experience that he shared. And it's a great example for me of... You know, these, again, these tiny little things that can have a disproportionate impact if you notice them, you know, so when you feel something, when you when, when something has an impact on you, well, that's potentially a usable story. And anyway, it was a great example of, of, of a CEO using a personal experience to make a point. Not an epic. It's not a saga. It's not Star Wars. It's not the hero's journey. It's a moment. And yeah, great example of, of just using tiny little things.
1: And I think um, you know the two stories we've told so so far. What's common to, to, to both of them? Like, if I think about a small story, um, a small story normally is just one moment, right? Like, I can I can picture myself right there in the car seat. Um, I can also feel. Uh, I think you know. You point out the fact that I laugh. Why did I laugh? I laugh because I notice my own hypocrisy all the time, right? Yes, yes. Notice my and, own hypocrisy. That's the beauty of it.
0: he's not He's not saying, "Oh, you're a hypocrite. He's saying, "I discovered that I was." yeah. And yeah, it was very impactful. I just want to go back to your story about Finn, and one of the things that when you first t- told that story that I you know I've got this visual of was that you said, he opened the door and he was like halfway out the door, and he turned back to me and he said. Yeah, there's another way about uh, about growth dad right it was the door like the the door half open and you didn't say it you know when you did the, the version today but man I, I remember when you did in the team meeting that, that was one of the things that I remembered was how he opened the door and mm-hmm. he turned and said dad there's another thing about growth so even in small stories like that the details are important
1: yes. Uh, cause, yeah. What about you? Have you got any others? Yeah, I've got another one. I'll tell it first, then, I, then I'll tell the context in which it was used. I think I think I, I think it's useful or interesting doing it that way. So the broadcaster, politician, uh, writer, author um, Sandy Sotatsvig. She's in the UK. When she was at university, she was studying anthropology. So this is you know decades ago in the UK, and uh, on this particular day. A female professor comes to Sandy and the other students, and she has an antler bone with her, and it has um, twenty-eight human-made markings in it. And she shows the, the professor shows this antler bone to the students. The professor says, "You know, this is this is believed to be man's first um, try attempt at making a calendar," and all the students gather around the, uh, and they're looking at this. Antler bone, amazed, you know. And the professor says, "And tell me, <laughs> what man needs to track a twenty-eight day cycle? I think this is woman's first attempt at a calendar." Whoa. And so this um, this story is used by um, the author of the book Invisible Women, um, Caroline Perez. Um, to introduce the topic of, you know, inherent male bias in so many things. Um, uh, and she goes on to talk about why women's toilet queues are still so long and how nothing's been done about that. And, you know, all all these different things and, and, and things that be so easy to change and here's the data to prove it. But you, um, Christina, uh, Caroline Perez uses that story as kind of the opening and it's you know what is it it's again how long did that take and it's um it just clearly sets tiny. tiny right and it just clearly sets the context of here's where we're going here's what i want you to think about here's the perspective shift i want you to have
0: yeah yeah here's how common it is that we look at things from a male perspective rather than a female perspective and just that tiny little shift man yeah i'm going to use that one that's very very useful
1: and what I really um, like about that story is that um, the sh- all the students just go, "Yeah, of course." You know, when she says this is man's first attempt at a at a calendar, you know, that's not even questioned. It's not even in the mm-hmm. realm of you know of like, "Oh, we need to talk about this." It's like, "Okay, cool, yeah, of course it is." Uh, and that's I think that's the part of the story that I really like. They're just like, "Oh, yeah," they they take they take that on, and so then it um, implies an attitude of always having. That other perspective in your mind, and, and begin to question things more, which I really like.
0: Yeah, and like I think about that and go, if you ever wanted to make a point about unconscious bias, well, there you go. There's a like a thirty or forty second yep. story about uh, an incredibly strong unconscious bias, and this the story helps make it explicit.
1: Yes. Yeah, I really so like that story. story. What about you? Yeah, Do you have any I mean, any, any others? We'll go to we'll go toe for toe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll trade stories so yeah. one that is uh, very dear to my heart um, so for, for quite a few years we ran a leadership program for a technology company in Australia where we'd gone and collected uh, a bunch of experiences across the organisation, good and bad and we, we would ask questions like uh, think back over the last 12 months when have you gone home stoked? I love this place. How fantastic was it? How fantastic is it? And what happened to make you feel that way? Or on the other side, times when you've gone home and you're, you're going, I, I can't stand working here. I'm going to find another job. What happened? Right? To try and understand the experiences that were people having, both ends of the spectrum. So we collected all these stories. We, we, we used a selection of the stories, a mix of good and bad in the leadership program, and one of the activities we got we got the leaders to do was we got we forced them to debate and select a uh, one of the examples as the the best example of things we want to see more of hmm. in our organization hmm. and there were some fantastic stories you know there was a there was you know a, a death in the in the manufacturing plant that was incredibly well handled and you know a whole bunch of really big things but there was a tiny little thing that kept coming up. And the tiny little story was something like this. This morning, I went down to Gary's office. Now, he's a general manager, and I'm doing a big project for him, and I've hit a roadblock. He's really busy, and I'm a bit nervous, right, because he's so senior. Well, I knocked on his door, and he just looked up, and he invited me in. He came to the table in the center room, left his phone and his computer on the desk, and he just gave me his complete attention for about 10 minutes and helped me fix the roadblock, and we're full steam ahead. And it was just such a great experience. And you know, not many managers around here do that. Most of them just you know, continue to type. They'll look at you occasionally. They'll glance at their phone. Full stop. So that's the story that got selected most often. I would say 75 to 80% of the time, mm. um, the groups of leaders selected that one as the single most important behavior that they needed to see more of. So what's that? I don't know. Maybe it took a minute to tell that, that, yes. that story. Yeah, the, and I, I, I call it the approachable manager story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a couple of years later, we went back and, and refreshed the anecdotes that, that we used in the program to reflect any changes in the culture. We went back and asked the same questions. And it was staggering. Time and time again, we heard the approachable manager story or a variation there was. You know, I went down to my, office, my manager's office this morning and he was totally, he just paid me his complete attention. It's incredible. I love working here, right, uh, time and time again. And so that's one of the reasons I love that tiny little story because it helped change the culture of an organisation because leaders felt it, it led to behaviour change. And I, I guess they were kind of squirming because a lot of them could see themselves in that, tiny little anecdote yeah and it, it led a whole bunch of them to change their behavior so yeah for me that's a terrific example of little things making a big difference
1: I love that and again right the if I look at that story it's it's one moment you know it's it's a it's a few minutes in an office uh and it's you can as you say, you know, you can you can picture it. You can picture it from both sides, you know, um, what it feels like not to get attention. You can really feel that's like not being heard. You, you know, you can really feel that's like, and you can also, everyone knows what it's like to be too busy and being interrupted, you know, and that that emotion comes through that story. You know, it's visceral on both sides. And so you can only imagine that when, you know, when that story gets told around, that the next time a, a teammate gets comes in and, you know, you're sitting there busy, that story sits inside of you now. You're like, oh, I, I, you know, oh, this is that moment. You know, how, how can it be more
0: Gary? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How do I do a Gary? And I I, I kind of like that story because it, it gives a positive example of the behavior because, yeah. I mean, let's face it, we've all had the negative example of the behavior a hundred times.
1: Nice. Um,
0: and one of the interesting things is that the having a positive example like that just gives you an idea of the impact that you can have by changing your by making a tiny shift in your behavior yeah and so I, I really could bang on about that particular tiny little story mm. for ages and I, I just want to share the how I think about these is that we often miss these little stories right we, we're kind of we favor the epics and the sagas and the heroes journeys and and these big amazing events when in fact these little things happen to us all the time, and it's a bit like raindrops, like you're standing outside and rain's falling all around you. And if you stop to notice, or, and and the raindrops are like stories, right? These experiences that are happening all the time. But you've got to notice them, and you've got to you've got to capture them in some way. Because if you don't notice them, and if you don't capture them, the raindrops simply hit the ground. They pull up, they run down the gutter, and they're gone. Hmm. And so you need you need to notice them, and you need a container for for capturing them. And of course, we all use our story banks as the container, um, but it does start with that little noticing these little stories.
1: Yeah. and Then considering, um, and we talk about this so often, right, that people don't often value their own experiences or don't value their own stories. Whereas, as you say, these small things are happening all the time. And if I even think about the team meeting yesterday, you know, um, we were asked who's got a story to tell, as we always do in the team meeting. and. I told the story a week before. So I was, I was like, oh, I'm good this week. But, you know, there wasn't much happening. And so I thought, oh, I have something. So I'll just give this a go. So it's funny how, you know, it wasn't even like I was telling the Finn story, um, you know, on the front foot. And I think that's you know, just a sign just to show um how little often we value our own stories. So, you know, the encouragement from this podcast is, you know, really no- notice the raindrops, really notice the rain, capture them, go, oh, that's that's a thing. And then be curious about oh where could i use that or you know what point could i make with that
0: yeah absolutely so um you might not see the value immediately but if you had a kind of a reaction to it if you felt something from Mm -hmm. the from the moment well there's potentially a a usable story there and and maybe you can't see the, the, the the application straight away but if you notice it and capture it then you potentially got it there for later you yeah, know it might come to you later what that story might be useful
1: and if we're talking about just why small stories are great mark like they're just so easy to remember
0: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah
1: you know and they're fun to tell they're easy to remember and, and they're fun to tell you're not thinking oh who was that thing again and what was that again and it's like it lives like with that the the gary the manager story uh you know um that lives inside of you, you know, you never have to go to your notes. You're like, Oh, I know exactly. You know, I can tell the story straight off the bat. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And that just reminds like, here's another one. Um, uh, a workshop participant talked to me about, we were talking about this idea of little things and, and he said, Oh, actually that reminds me, you know, like, um, this thing happened last week. Like I, I play soccer, uh, football, um, and I love it. I absolutely love it. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty average. Um, but I, I always, even though I'm average, like I love it. I always try and give hundred percent. And so last year, I played in a, in a team, and we had like some real talented players, and we made it through the grand final. And I, I'd always dreamed of winning a grand final, and I, I really thought I wouldn't get selected for the grand final because we had so many stars. And uh, so I went and spoke to the coach, and I said, "Look, um, should I be, should I be getting my hopes up?" And the coach—it was a, a lady. She said, "Are you joking? When I select the team, your name is first on the list every time because every game you give 100 hmm. percent." Again, yeah, a timeless he, That guy hadn't even noticed that until we were having that conversation, and uh, and. Uh, I you know I personally love it because I I love the people who give hundred
1: percent. Yes, yeah. And it's it, um, if and now I'm, I'm thinking now if you were to repurpose that story in a business context, right? Um, you know, people might be worried about their jobs, or people might be worried about you know being part of projects, or or like you know or whatever it might be. Um, that's a great story just to go look. There's, there's only one qualifier here. It's not about how smart you are. It's not you know da 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 da. da. Let's all let's all chip in here. That's all. Like let's all. Give our most. You know, that's a. It's an amazing story. You can repurpose in so many different contexts.
0: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm, I I need to I, I I opened my story bank as you were talking then, and and uh, was looking at all the, the tiny little stories. There are heaps that are tagged, little things making a big difference. And uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stop because we could just keep going for for hours talking about these little stories. But the whole idea of this episode was in praise of small stories and we've shared a bunch of them. But I guess the takeaway, just notice the raindrops, mm-hmm. notice them when they fall, notice them when they have an impact on you and 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 capture them. Because you might find that these tiny little stories can have like disproportionate value. In fact, I'm kind of kicking myself now because I think that's the second time I've said disproportionate That's the three times. <laughs> I don't like to use big words like that, but they can have a big impact. And yes. it's not just the mid-level manager or the the frontline supervisor; it's the CEO of the bank standing on stage delivering to tens of thousands of people that understand the value of these small stories. So, just encourage you to notice them and put them into your story bank. What about you, Rob? You have any uh, any thoughts to share with the with the audience on this?
1: Look, I uh, um. I've been in, you know, facilitation and training for, you know, whatever, so long now and I've seen so many um, organizations do a uh, change efforts. You know, there was a Swiss company, a client that I worked for for years and they had this hallway from, there's an escalator. You can come into the foyer, there's a hallway going up to the main kind of office area. So you go from the foyer through this hallway to the main office area and there's an escalator along it. And every time you're in this hallway, the um, HR people have put up, posters of like the behaviors that are the most important at this present moment. And, and those would probably shift every six months and they were always different. And, you know, at some point, I'm sure I stopped reading them because it was it was just like, oh, what are, what are we meant to be doing this month? Or what are we meant to be doing now? And, I, you know, there's so, so much effort is put into like behavior change and like marketing behavior change. And I just compare all that effort to telling a story, like the, like that the effort around you know getting the Gary story, um, um, sent around all the story of the, of the CEO talking about you know the son, and uh, as you say that you say that we're disproportionate, and I just think find the story you know find the story first and and worry about all the marketing later.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do put a lot of effort into uh, defining things and. Often the best the best solution is just find an example of it happening, and and share that probably have a lot more impact. Yeah. And uh, well, as we know, stories are a lot more memorable uh, they because we picture them. We kind of take them in much more easily. It's like a it's like a a container. Stories like a container for getting your message into people's heads. And so, yeah, strongly encourage everybody who's listening to notice those little things. Just. Something will happen today that will have an impact on you. And so, Rob, I just want to share with you something that happened today that had a big impact on me. So in 2012, uh, sorry, 2013, I ran some Storytelling for Leaders programs for Yammer uh, just before it was acquired by Microsoft and uh, trained some people here in New York, some in San Francisco, some in London. And uh, earlier today, I caught up with one of the people that, that it was in the workshop in 2013. His name's Steve, and we sat down, and Steve said, oh, we're just going through this big change." And uh, so I, I, you know, I used the clarity story and da da da, and people go, "Yeah." You know, I said, "No, no, no. We're trying to communicate a change. We have to explain to people why first. So just use this story structure." And 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 he talked about clarity uh, about connection stories, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, "Oh, wow! Our work makes a difference."
1: Yeah,
0: and that was. That was, what, nine years ago. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that little thing had a big impact on me and it was it was like, well, it's pretty rewarding when you're sitting there with a workshop participant so many years later and he's actively applying today the things that were covered in the workshop.
1: Yeah. And then, you know what, and I don't want to go for too much longer, but like even, so you've <laughs> just told that story, but it's just important, right, because that story means something to you, but now that story means something to me as well. I infer something about that story, like, we're doing good things. These are the things that stick. The connection story sticks. The clarity pattern sticks, you know. And that's now a story that I can use to show that this is not just a one-off training, uh, but that, you know, um, some of our clients have have used this over years and years and years. It's, it can be so useful, as you've just done, Mark, to practice your stories on other people and go, what do you think that story is about? How could you use that? Because you can't always see it yourself.
0: Yeah, and one of the reasons why I said that is because it just happened and by me saying it, it helps me remember it yeah. and helps me uh, uh, embed it. And so uh, I'm going to put that into my story bank uh, as soon as we finish the, uh, the podcast recording. So we've shared a bunch of stories today, tiny little stories, examples of how little things can make a big difference, and the impact that you can have simply by noticing everyday events and using them to make a business point. And the more we do this, the more we kind of move towards the concept of story powered leadership and story powered organizations, Mm. where instead of asserting things about the importance of leading by example, we simply give an example. Oh, did I say that? We give it, we use a story. Okay, well, Rob, thanks so much for joining us on episode 150 of Anecdotally Speaking, and to everybody listening, thanks for joining us today, and tune in again next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now.